Good morning, church. How's everybody doing today? How are you, Tim? You could ask that. It's kind of rude. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, I, uh, I'm doing fine. I pulled my back this week, which just tells me how old I am. Um, because, so, so, not to brag, but when you're really great, you can brag. So, um, I, that was a joke. Uh, I ran a marathon two weeks ago. A marathon. But that's not why my back hurts. My back hurts because I was dumb enough earlier this week to lift my arm up this high. Literally, that's what happened. And I threw out my back. And so that's how old I am right now. My, my son and I were playing catch, and I raised my arm up, and I'm like, that was a bad idea. Okay, now I'm not allowed to raise my arm up past here in, in my life. I'm done. The things, things on shelves up high, done. No, nothing anymore for the rest of my life. Well, uh, other than that, I'm feeling great, and I'm really excited to be here with everybody. I'm excited that you're in the room. I'm excited for everybody who's joining us online and worshiping along with us. Um, we're in week three of a sermon series that we've been doing called Healthy Habits. Here's the big idea of the sermon series that we're in. If you were to look at the lives of, of really successful people, anybody like biographies? like reading biographies and things like that. If you read biographies of successful people, you're very likely to see some constants in the lives of successful people. Um, probably if you ask them about how they got successful, they wouldn't say, I just got lucky. Right place, right time. Most probably they would tell you that they achieved their success because of the strength of their habits. This is probably why one of the most successful self-help books is called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, not Seven Dumb Lucks of Highly Successful People, right? It's because it's really our habits that make us who we are. In that same way, as followers of Jesus, we want to develop habits which will make us stronger in our faith. The things we do day after day, which deepen our relationship with God, which help us to become stronger followers of Jesus. So with that in mind, will you pray with me? Because here's the thing. I, I don't have a lot of wisdom to share with you today. Um, all, all I really have is I have the Word of God that, that we open together. So it's not even, it's not like me dishing out the Word of God. We look at these things together, and then God can speak to us. Okay, so that's what I'm hoping to happen. I, I don't want to preach at you. I, I want us to look at God's Word and, and think these things through together and really ask for God to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Um, and if you think about that, uh, some of us more self-sufficient people don't know there's a lot that you can't do for yourself. There's a lot that I can't do for myself, and so I need to ask God, do these things for me. Help me in ways that I can't help myself. So um, would you pray with me? Holy God, we love you and we thank you for loving us. We're here today, God, only because you've decided that we get another day with breath in our lungs, that we get another day on this earth to follow after you. I pray that you would just be present with us, help us to experience your presence, help us to feel your presence. And God, I ask that your Holy Spirit would be with not just me, but with all of us, so that when we open God, your word, when we open your word together, that something's going to happen. Something's going to cha change us and transform us from the inside out. I pray that you, you would help me to get out of the way so that when I'm talking up here that it's not just my opinions or my viewpoints, but that it would be 
um, what you would have all of us to be seeking after, which is just you and your kingdom. So God, I just ask, Holy Spirit, come, be with us, your name, amen. So, so over the past couple of weeks, we've talked about different things, different healthy habits that help us to grow in our faith, to grow as followers of Jesus. Pastor Terry, in the first week, talked about developing a habit of prayer and worship, some of the things we've done here today, but making that a habit within our lives all of the time. And then she talked last week about setting priorities, putting first things first, and specifically making a priority out of the time that we spend with God, making that a priority because, you know, stuff stacks up, right, in our lives, stuff stacks up in our calendars, and if we're not careful, we, we can say, well, I'll get to the God stuff later. It seems less important, right? So making a priority out of spending time with God. So the first two weeks had more of a vertical focus. It was more about us and God. And today what we're going to do is talk about something less up and down and more side to side. Today we're going to talk about something horizontal. And it's something that affects relationships between us and the people that surround us. Today we're going to talk about developing habits of forgiveness and reconciliation. Habits of forgiveness and reconciliation. I know that sounds like a pretty heavy subject, and it is, um, but any close relationship that we have goes through cycles of forgiveness and reconciliation. It's usually not just a one, one thing, one issue, and we get past it, and then we're able to continue our relationship. Usually we have these cyclical things where we have to keep returning to say, I'm sorry, to say you're forgiven. Um, in fact, I believe that Jesus knew that we, we would continually struggle with this over and over on a regular basis because in the Lord's Prayer that we just read, right after, he, after, after Jesus prays that prayer about prayer for daily bread, right? Do you remember that part of the prayer? We pray for our own forgiveness and the ability to forgive others. So that tells me that that's just something that happens once. If we pray for bread daily, Jesus is saying we pray for forgiveness daily. And we, we try to forgive others just once? No, daily. Now, what I want to do is I want to read this Lord's Prayer again in a different translation, the, the, the message translation. This is a paraphrased translation, so it's written by one person, and the idea is not to get a word-for-word translation of the Bible. What it is is trying to get the big ideas of a passage across to more modern minds, something that's a little bit easier to comprehend. So I'm going to read the Lord's Prayer uh, in the message translation. So this is from Matthew chapter 6 verses 9 through 15. So I'm actually adding a couple verses on from our normal Lord's Prayer because it talks at the very end. Right after he does the Lord's Prayer, he starts to preach a sermon about forgiveness. So I'm going to include that. So this is the Lord's Prayer in the Message Translation. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best, as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. In prayer, there's a connection between what God does. So that's the end of the prayer. In prayer, there's a connection between what God does and what you do. 
You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. Now, hmm, that was strange. Um, Now, before we explore this passage a little bit more in depth, I want to give a little bit of a disclaimer because this comes up almost every time we we talk about forgiveness in the church. Um, Oftentimes, people bring up this idea of, well, okay, forgiveness is important, but what about situations that are kind of more extreme situations? What about situations like domestic, physical, or or psychological abuse? Are you saying that we should just forgive and forget and continue on in an environment that's unsafe? I'm absolutely not saying that. I am absolutely not saying that. Some situations require people in in relationships that that are abusive to be physically separated. Sometimes it might involve professional counselors. It might involve legal interventions at some point. But, but I will say this, even in very, very severe circumstances, if both parties are interested in reconciliation, I think God can do works of reconciliation in, 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 in ways that we cannot even dream or imagine, even in very, 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 very strong and, 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 and devastating circumstances. God is able and we'll, we'll talk about some examples of that a little bit later. As I pointed out earlier, uh, I'm fascinated that this, se- this section of the Lord's Prayer, right next to keep us alive with three square meals, it says, keep us forgiven and forgiving others. To me, that means that Jesus recognized that in our relationships, forgiveness is not just something that happens once in a lifetime. It's something that we require on a regular basis and so I think we need to develop healthy habits of forgiveness. Why, why does that happen? Why, why do we have to keep on going through these cycles of forgiveness and reconciliation? Well, any human beings in this room? Not many. Hmm. So with human beings and all of our flaws... This is just something that we're going to go through over and over again because all have fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. So we are going to require forgiveness and reconciliation on a regular basis. Now, I'm going to give you a line that I heard a friend of mine say that I thought was pretty profound, and I think it kind of sums up some of what we're going to talk about today. We can't always get it right but we can always work to make it right. Remember, we're human beings. We can't always get it right, but we can always work to make it right. That's one of the beautiful things that we learn in in our Christian doctrine and our Christian understanding of the world is that we're not going to get it right all the time, but we can always work to make it right. We're not always going to stay in perfect relationship, but we can always work to make it right. So at, at the powerhouse, at my house, we've had a bunch of work going on in our basement. Uh, and I had my older brother over uh, the other day, and he was helping me work on some drywall. Uh, my brother, actually, all of my siblings are way more useful in the world than me. Um, my oldest brother, the one who was helping me with drywall, um, he's actually an emergency room nurse practitioner and really, really handy with everything. He can fix anything. Uh, my other brother is a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force. My older sister, she's really crafty and she can make all sorts of things. I can't do any of that stuff. 
I can't do any of it. And so I always tell them that they're going to be so much more useful when the zombies take over. I can pray for people. That's what I can do in, in the end times. But, but my brother came over, and he was telling me what to do because I couldn't do any of this stuff on my own. And uh, we we're trying to tear out drywall in the basement about two feet up. Just need, we needed two feet of drywall torn out. And uh, so he made a mark, and then he made a cut, and then he was going to hammer it out. And the first time he hits the hammer, it, a crack goes all the way up the wall and basically ruined the wall. And... Um, and so he looks at me and he smiles and he just says this, anything can be fixed. Now, is that reassuring to you? He just, anything can be fixed. But, but I think in, in a sense he was right. He, he was saying that, that if you put the work in, you can fix it. It's not a big deal. It's not the end of the world. Anything can be fixed. And I think that that's true also in relationships. We can't always get it right but we can always work to make it right. So what I want to do is I want to give you three very practical steps. And we handed these out in the front. If you got one of these, you might want to pull it out, and you can kind of go along with me on these. And the, this, this would be a great thing to hang up somewhere uh, in your house. Uh, listen, needing forgiveness, needing to ask for forgiveness, or needing to give forgiveness and to reconcile doesn't mean that you have bad relationships. It just means... You, you recognize what we all know, is, which is that we can't always get it right, but we can always work to make it right. So these are good steps that any of us can have just around when we know, okay, we need a reset. We need to go back and make this right for our relationship. That, that's in any relationship. So keep this around. Maybe put it up on a fridge or something like that. Um, so I included three steps, um, and I want you to, to go through these with me. The first step is this. Take the first step. Take the first step. Um, I had a pastor friend who told me about this story about this church that, that he went to when he was first serving at a brand new church. He went to this, this um, the first meeting that they had all together, and he noticed that in the church there weren't a ton of people, but he saw a lady over here on this side of the church uh, an older lady, and then a lady over here who looked identical. I mean, they, they were wearing different clothes, but they looked identical. And he thought, those must be twins. They must be twin sisters. And so he asked somebody else, another lady at the church, um, are those ladies sisters? And she said, yeah, they're, they're twin sisters. And he said, um, why are they on the opposite side of the sanctuary? And, and she said, well, they had a disagreement about 20 years ago, um, and really since then they don't talk they don't talk at all. And, and, and this friend of mine said, well, that's kind of strange. After 20 years, they haven't reconciled. It's a good thing they don't live together. And the lady said, they do live together. Um, when, when he actually got to know some of them, some of the folks from the church, and got to know these two ladies that, that had this, this, just this break in their relationship, um, the first sister he talked to, he, he asked her, you know, would you ever consider reconciling with your sister? And she said, absolutely. I absolutely would. If she was willing to take the first step, what do you think the other sister said? The exact same thing. I would. I would, but after 20 years, my sister has never asked for forgiveness. 
So neither sister would take the first step. So 20 years later, they hadn't spoken. Take the first step. Take the first step. Now, one of the likely objections we get from this that pops into my head first is that 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 doesn't sound fair, right? If you're in in a situation like that and, and you think, well, wait, 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 they should be the one to take the first step. That's not, what's the word? Fair. Um, Steve Breon, who's a, who's a United Methodist pastor, and he's friends with Terry, and, and I had uh, uh, taken a uh, class with him once. He liked to say this. He said, life's not fair. Fair is where you go to ride the merry-go-round. And he said, if Jesus had been fair, none of us would be saved right now. It's not about fairness, it's about grace. It's not about fairness, it's about grace. So Jesus actually made the first move, and I put this scripture underneath that first step. When Jesus came to earth to give up his life, he took the first step for us. Romans 5, 8 says, but God shows his love for us because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, Jesus took the first step in forgiveness. And he shows us the way. The second step is this. Take responsibility for your part. Take responsibility for your part. So a couple of years ago, I was dealing with a lot of resentments. Now, I actually had no idea that I was dealing with resentments. Uh, In fact, I knew that I had some problems. I had several compulsive habits, some, some self-destructive behaviors that I was, was acting out in, in poor ways, in bad ways, in my life, and I didn't know why I couldn't stop these behaviors. I didn't know why I couldn't stop these habits. And um, I had a mentor friend of mine, and, and he told me, do you know that a lot of self-destructive and, and, and poor habits actually can find their root in resentments? And I said, I resent that. No, I'm kidding. I didn't say that. Um, but he, he told me that you should try this. And this was a life-changing thing for me. He said, make a list of resentments. He called it an inventory of resentments. He said, go back. And some, some of you think, I don't have this kind of time in my life. Um, he said, go back and write down every resentment you can think of any person, a group of people, an institution that you feel like has wronged you in some way. Write down who they are, why you resent them, and then, now here is the key part, the life-changing, the transformational, and the hardest part. He said the last thing you need to write down after you've done all of that work is on each one of those, write down, what is my part? What was my part? What did I do in the situation which broke relationship? What did I do in the situation which made this breaking worse? What is my part? You know what? After I did that, strangely enough, I didn't resent those people as much. In fact, a lot of those resentments started to fade away. And not only that, but I was able to get control over some of the other behaviors that were really plaguing me that I couldn't. I had tried to pray about. I had tried to do all these behavioral things to stop. But, but actually, it was resentments that were holding me back. What 
is my part. And the third step is this. Ask God for the power to forgive. Personally, I'm kind of a mystic. You know, when we say all this stuff that we believe, I actually believe it. When we talk about these things like, like God can enter into your life and change things, I really believe that God does and can do those things. I believe that God can do for us what we can't do for ourselves. So when we're struggling to forgive, when we're struggling even for the desire to forgive the people in our lives, I think we can ask for God's supernatural power to intervene. In Matthew 9, 26, we read what Jesus said to his own disciples He said this, but Jesus looked at them and said, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Can you say all things are possible? Now, this time, say it like you believe it. All things are possible. With God, all things are possible. See, sometimes it is really beyond us to forgive. Sometimes we need to ask God to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. God, help me to forgive. One of my favorite writers and speakers is a guy named uh, Tony Campolo. And uh, I'm going to end our time with a story that, that Tony, uh, Tony gave at one of uh, the conferences I saw him at. In fact, I can, we can get the band back up on stage while I share this story. Um, Tony was asked to attend a reconciliation prayer meeting during the 1990s in Ireland. Now, if you're unaware, there were decades of violence in Ireland between Catholics and Protestants. And so this reconciliation prayer meeting um, was, was trying to do something to address this break, this rupture, this, this unforgiveness in Ireland um, between Catholics and Protestants. Because there had been bombings, there had been riots, countless murders on both sides of this conflict. So Tony goes to this prayer meeting, in, and in the sanctuary, there's, there's a group of chairs on this side facing the center, and there's a group of chairs on this side facing the center. And he, he's thinking, man, these people can't even get together and sit in the same area, because he was told, this side's for the Catholics, this side's for the Protestants. And he was like, I don't think this is going to go very well. But when the people got there, the Catholics sat on one side, the Protestants were on the other, and they were facing each other. When the meeting started, a Protestant man stood up and he said this. He said, I confess that my whole life I've hated Catholics. I've even engaged in acts of violence against them, and I now want your forgiveness. And when he got quiet, everyone on the Catholic side of the room said in one voice, in the name of Jesus, you're forgiven. Next, a Catholic man stood up and he said, I have to confess that once I acted as a terrorist. I've done unspeakable acts against Protestants. Please forgive me. They're quiet, and the Protestants all said in one voice, in the name of Jesus, you are forgiven. And this went on and on for more than an hour with both sides confessing and forgiving in turn. And finally, there's a Catholic man in a wheelchair who spoke up and he said, for years my heart was filled with hatred for Protestants. A Protestant man set a bomb under my car and it took my legs from me. For years I could not forgive, but I went to my priest. He led me in a prayer for the Spirit of God to allow me to forgive the man who set that bomb. 
and I have forgiven him and all other Protestants. And, and just when he shared that story, a Protestant man on the other side spoke up and said, it's true. I know because I am the man who set that bomb. I've sought his forgiveness, and we are friends today. And the man in the wheelchair spoke up again, and he said this. He said, he is not even telling you the whole story. Two years ago, my wife died. I was all alone. And when my Protestant friend heard that I was all alone with no one to take care of me, he took me into his house. For two years, he's taken care of me in his home. What Tony witnessed that day was a spiritual miracle. Amen? A spiritual miracle. It wasn't fair. That was grace. It was amazing. Now, very likely... As we've been talking a little bit about this and we've been looking at the scriptures about forgiveness and what it means to, to take those first steps and to ask God to enable us to forgive, I'll bet for us, some people in this room there's been a face of a person, right? A relationship that you're thinking, yeah, yeah, I've got to do something about that. I want you to listen to the whispers of the Holy Spirit right now. We're going to pray in a moment. I think that God might be leading some people in this room to make a long-delayed phone call or to write a letter that they've been meaning to write for a long time. We can't always get it right, but we can always work to make it right. And even though you and, you and me, we don't always have the strength to forgive, with God, all things are possible. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Will you pray with me? Lord God, we bow our heads before you. We thank you that, that you took the first step for us. That even though we were sinners, you came and on our behalf, you took the punishment for sin. So Lord God, we're asking for you to do a mighty work in all of us. Help us to be a people that forgive. Help us to be a people that reconcile. Even when it's hard, even when it's difficult, help us, Lord God, to always be seeking grace. The same kind of grace where you showed us when you died on a cross for our sins so that we could be made right with God. We're asking for your grace right now, Lord God. And so in any relationships that are broken in the lives of the people here who they know they need to reach out with that first step, I pray for courage, God. I pray for boldness. I pray for a grace miracle to happen. Lord God, do for us what we can't do for ourselves. We pray this in your holy name. Amen.